This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. Hello, friends, and welcome back. Before I start talking about a German lemon, I'd like to share something that I've been thinking about again recently, and it is what is called the Great Commission, found at the end of the book of Matthew, right at the very end of chapter 28. And it's what Jesus said to the 11 disciples when they were in Galilee and they were up on a mountain. It says, when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Isn't that interesting? After all of this, there still was some doubt there. But Jesus came to them and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. What he says next, I misunderstood when I was a young believer. I thought that he said, and teach them everything that I have commanded you. But he didn't say that. He said, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Well, there's the key right there, teaching people to do what he says, not just to know it. It really isn't enough for us to know about the commandments of Jesus. We have to do them. And if we actually do them, then we'll be blessed. And again, there's the promise of the new covenant that not only is he telling us to do what he says, but also he promises to give us his Holy Spirit, both to give us the will to do what he says and also to actually do it. So there's this great mystery of us and him his power in us, us abiding in him. But the key here is that we should do what he commands. We should actually do it. Many world leaders throughout history have studied in seminaries. Joseph Stalin, one of the worst, I think, dictators of all time, he studied in seminary. He knew the word of God, but he didn't do it. He did not do it. And other people had a lot of experience in churches, and yet they did not submit themselves to Jesus, and that can end up very, very badly, not only for those people, but also if they're in positions of power for the ones under them. So my encouragement to you and to me, to all of us, is let's do what he says, not just talk about it or think that it is true, but actually commit ourselves to walking with him, living with him, living a life of faith and faithfulness. So on to the story, and this is the first of what I think may be several story time talks that I have, and just stories from my life that will hopefully encourage you. And they're stories of how God has worked in my life and the lessons that he has been teaching me through these experiences. Years ago, many years ago, a few years after I'd moved to Russia, several of us in the ministry had the idea that we should import cars and sell them to help raise money to support the work that we were doing here in St. Petersburg. That was a common thought back then. Uh, the car market was really wide open. The Russian cars were not of a super high quality, and imported used cars were selling. People had more money, so there was more money to buy cars. So we were looking at cars in the United States that we would bring over here, and we discovered that uh, Volkswagen had uh, an American version of what is called the multivan, kind of a minivan, they have exactly the same body style over here. The American version had a little bit bigger motor. It was a little bit different, but we decided to import two 
of these Volkswagen minivans. And we identified two of these minivans. Both of them, interestingly, were green, the same color green. They looked alike. The interiors were a little different. One of them was called a Caravelle, which means that it just had bench seating. And then we imported a multivan, what's called a multivan. And that had some seats, captain's chairs, we call them in America, that would face the back and had a little table that flipped up. And as we identified these vehicles and prayed about it, we felt like the multivan was for the ministry and the Caravelle, the other one with the bench seats, would be sold. When they got here to Russia, it became very clear that the Caravelle was far superior vehicle. The multivan was not so good. There were some issues with the body. The motor was loose. You could just hear it when it ran that it was not as good of a car. And so people counseled me that it would be better to sell the worst vehicle, the multivan, and keep the better vehicle for the ministry. But I didn't really have peace about that because we had prayed about it. We felt like the multivan was for the ministry and the other one was to be sold. And I wouldn't want to sell somebody the worst vehicle. The way you love people is you do to them what you'd have them do to you. And I wouldn't want them selling me the worst vehicle. I'd like it if they sold me the better vehicle. So we sold the Caravelle and kept the multivan. And One of my first memories of that car, though, we hopped in it. It had heated seats, which are just quite the luxury up here in Russia. And we hopped in, and I turned on the heated seats. Olga was over on the passenger side, and the heated seat that she was sitting in malfunctioned. And I smelled something burning, and she (laughs) leaned forward, and the seat had burned a hole in the fabric on the seat and had burned a hole in the back of her coat, her winter coat. (laughs) That was the very first experience I remember in that van where it was a lemon. It was a German lemon. Americans will understand what I mean. Uh, Those of you who are not based in the United States may not understand this term, a lemon. In the States, when you buy a car that looks good or seems good, but then it's not, it just things break on it and it's really not a very good car, it's called a lemon because it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. So we had a German lemon on our hands. One time I ran out of the office. We had to go somewhere quickly. Uh, It was kind of sleeting, snowing, very unpleasant weather outside. And I hopped in and I started it up and the ignition cylinder just fell apart inside the steering column. And the window was partly down and rain was coming in and there was no way to start it because the key just sort of broke off inside there. No way to put it in gear, no way to start it, no way to turn the electricity on to roll the window up so the weather didn't come in. We were in a hurry to go somewhere. Oh boy, so frustrating. So frustrating to have that lemon of a car. And it just constantly gave us trouble. We had to fix things all the time and and it would leave us stranded or there'd be some problem that we'd have to take it to the shop. And it's always a big issue, especially in a big city take a car to some mechanic, and then it takes a long time to get across town and things like that. It was just really frustrating, so frustrating. And yet, I was confident that that was the vehicle the Lord wanted us to have, quite confident of that. So, I began to learn lessons because of the trouble that I had with this car. I had to learn lessons of perseverance and faith. My thinking was, If God gave us this car, then he's not surprised by its failings. He knows that it's going to break, and so he'll provide what is needed to fix it or get something else. He'll take care of it because he knows. I just need to be a faithful steward of what he's given. 
if we need money to fix the car, that money's going to come from somewhere. If it's taking time to fix it when we'd like to be doing something else, God knows that. And he's a redeemer. He can even redeem the time. So I was learning those lessons that um, we need to receive what God gives and not complain about it, but learn those deeper lessons that can be taught only when things are not the way we'd like them to be in our flesh, in our selfish, self-love attitude that we so often have. It reminds me of when I first moved to Russia. Before I moved here, I had this idea that I would live in a one-room apartment in an old Soviet building. And if I ever had a car, then maybe I'd get one of the little Russian cars that are around here. Cheap, not so dependable, but, you know, transportation. And within a few months of moving here, I found myself, without seeking, honestly, without seeking it at all, in a five-room apartment with a minivan. And it turned out that that's what God wanted me to have because he knew the ministry that he had for me before I knew the ministry that was coming. And he was providing me with the tools that I needed to do what he was calling me to. That big apartment was certainly too big for me as a single man, but we had extra bedrooms. And so we had people staying there pretty constantly. Folks that were coming over to adopt children would stay with us. So it was like a little hotel, coming, people coming and going. And we also had a little room where we set up a few desks and some computers, and we actually started working there. People would come over, and we would handle the work of the ministry. And the van came. I was not looking to buy a vehicle at all, and somebody in Texas asked me one time, what do you need? And I don't really often know how to answer that, because I believe God gives us what we need when we need it. So I don't want to say that I really need something. God knows what I need before I ask him. But I will answer, if things unfold the way that I think they will, then maybe this is something that we'll need in the future. And uh, at that time, one of my friends had this minivan for sale, and he had offered it to me, but I certainly didn't have the money for it. And I replied to this person out in Texas, what do you need? I said, well, there's this minivan that's been offered to me. I don't really have the money for it, and, um, but maybe at some point in the future we would need money to get a thing like that. Well, I didn't even ask them for money, and they wrote a check and gave it to the church and said this is to buy that van. So I ended up with a van, and we would haul orphans in it. We hauled food for widows. Uh, boy, it was a great vehicle. It was really useful for the ministry. So that was a real lesson for me, that I need to receive what he gives, whatever he gives. I was expecting something really humble and maybe getting a car after a few years. And here I had a big apartment and a nice minivan to drive around in. I realized I need to be humble enough to receive whatever he gives. So that was early on. A few years later, he gives this German lemon. <laughs> oh, it's really good. You know, we got to be willing to receive whatever he gives and learn those eternal godly lessons that he will teach us as we submit to him and humbly receive whatever he provides. If he doesn't provide anything, we just be thankful and not complain about it. Really, Jesus said, he knows what you need before you ask him. Why do we worry? Why do we worry? Well, there are parallels with our lives as believers. God does not yet give us perfect lives. He knows that we'll have troubles. He came to this earth. He had troubles on this earth. He knows that we will too. I'd like to read a little bit from John 16 that talks about this. And this is the night that Jesus was betrayed in his talk with the disciples. 
And Jesus said, In a little while you'll see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me. Well, some of the disciples said to one another, What does he mean by saying, In a little while you'll see me no more, and then after a little while you'll see me? And he also said, Because I'm going to the Father. They kept asking, What does he mean by a little while? We don't understand what he's saying. Well, Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this, and so he said to them, Are you asking one another what I meant when I said, In a little while you'll see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me? I tell you the truth, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come, but when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child has been born into the world. Now, so it is with you. Now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth, my father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you've not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Though I've been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but will tell you plainly about my father. In that day, you will ask in my name. I'm not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and you have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and entered the world and now I am leaving the world and going back to the Father. Well, then Jesus' disciples said, now you're speaking clearly and without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know everything and that you do not even need to have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. Oh, you believe at last, Jesus answered. But a time is coming, it has come, when you will be scattered, each to his own home. You will leave me all alone. Yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. So all of that to lead us right up to verse 33. Jesus says that he has told the disciples all of this so that they would have peace in him. And then he contrasts being in him with being in the world. He says, in the world, you'll have trouble. In him, we'll have peace. In the world, you'll have trouble, he says, but take heart, be of courage, because I have overcome the world. Jesus says clearly that in this world we'll have trouble. He also says very clearly that in him we will have peace. That's what Jesus said. We're going to have trouble, but peace is available if we'll abide in him. So how should we respond to the fact that in this world we're going to have trouble? Well, the first thing he says is take heart, be encouraged. Don't be afraid. Take heart because I've overcome the world. Our faith is not in our ability to handle troubles in the world. Our faith is in him and what he has done. He has been given all authority in heaven and on earth. So we can depend on him and trust in him, not in ourselves, of course. If we abide in him, rest in him, then we can have a peace that passes understanding, the scriptures say. My understanding of that is that it passes our ability to process it with our minds. It's a peace that goes beyond our ability to understand it. He has overcome the world. I haven't, but he has. 
as we abide in him and have faith in him, then we have nothing to fear. So those are some of the lessons that I learned from having a German lemon. And it's interesting that I'm recording this now because I'm just about to go to Estonia to pick up a car, an eight-year-old car that I feel like the Lord has led us to. And we'll see if it's a lemon or not. (laughs) It's all up to him. He's the head, I'm not. I think I've mentioned it before. Those of you who know me have probably heard me say it. But Olga and I say we want to live the life that God gives us and not choose our own lives. And I pray that that is true for all of us, anyone who hears this, that we would not choose our own lives, but we would receive the life that God gives us and rest in him because he knows far better than we what is best for us. He doesn't really want us to be happy. He wants us to be holy. And as we work through holiness, then joy comes, not just happiness, but real contentment and joy. So, until next time, I pray that God will continue to reveal to you His ways, His will, because His pathways are good, and they always bring peace to the soul. Amen. Jesus said to His disciples, Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Thank you for listening, and God bless you all.